0: Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Feige Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You.
1: Good morning good to all our listeners. Um, it is the middle of Pesach. Um, a time actually where we can eat pretty healthily because we got rid of all the gluten and hopefully a lot of the sugar. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we were actually reminiscing just, uh, just before we got on air that it's been one year since we've gone into lockdown and, uh, we've been talking with each other virtually. And, uh, it's actually quite incredible to, to, to believe that it's, 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 it's been an entire year. Good morning, Faggy.
0: Good morning, Adel. Back in my car, back in my spot. <laughs> I feel like it's locked down again. <laughs> Just because of the kids, Faggy. Just because of the kids. <laughs> Just because of the kids. Hoping this time they don't come to my car looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Well, welcome back. How's your pace up been? Very well, thank you. Actually realizing the importance of eating healthy because I went back to my gluten, talking about gluten and some sugar, and I don't miss this feeling. <laughs> of this brain fog and this exhaustion. But other than that, it's been a beautiful Yom Tiff and really enjoyable being at home. Yeah, I think we've been How swap- you doing?
1: <laughs> We've been swapping notes. I've, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. The sugar um, from the wine and, and, and the gluten has rendered me, like I've become so stiff. I'm actually sitting in a neck brace right now. Just trying to get this inflammation out of my body. I I basically keep Pesach the whole year round without the matzah and without the sugar. And um, I'm as happy as a lark today. I'm not so happy. But what I am happy about is that today we are privileged to have back on the show... One of our favorite ladies, both Faye and I just absolutely love her, Charmaine Barr. She's a qualified physiotherapist and craniosacral therapist, and she has a special interest in chronic pain for the last 20 years. She did spend a year working for the NHS in the UK, and on her return she decided to dedicate her professional life to understanding chronic and emotional pain. Um, she has a practice in Cendalwood, and she treats many chronic recurring back and neck pains, headaches, trauma, alignment issues, birth traumas, anxiety, concussions, amongst others. And guess who's visiting her today? Me! <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, so Good morning, Charmaine. Good morning, Adel. Good morning, Faggy. And I must say that Good the, morning, the, hon- the honor is mine to be invited back. I feel very, very privileged to get a to get a, um, a, an encore, <laughs> so
1: thank you. We, we could have you every single week, you know, if they and I could just employ you just for our needs, you know, the whole week and then once in a while come on a radio show, it would work great. No, thank you,
0: thank you. We thanks. should just have a weekly slot. Yeah. Thank you, that's, uh, In Charmaine's office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Charmaine, we spoke a lot
1: about cranosacral therapy last time, but just... As a review for any les- listeners that uh, did not hear our podcast, I think it was some seven months ago. Let's just can you give our listeners an overview. What does craniosacral therapy
2: do for a person? Yes, with great with pleasure, Adel and Peggy. So, um, craniosacral therapy. So, there's a clue in the name: cranium, sacrum. And although these two areas seem so far apart, the connection is actually the The spinal cord, the central nervous system. And this treatment is a very gentle, non-invasive treatment that actually mobilizes this fluid within the central and the peripheral nervous system. And um, it actually enables the body to heal itself. So you create an environment where you, you actually allow the tissue and any kind of obstructions within this, this, um, system to, to really, we call it unwinding of the tissue and we allow that, that, that cerebrospinal fluid, which is so vital and contains hormones and neurotransmitters, um, and we allow that to, to flow, um, um, naturally. And obviously, you know, we, we, we don't wrap ourselves in cotton wool. Injuries happen. So there's often, um, um, you know, um, um, especially head injuries, there can be changes and, and, and the body holds that trauma, um, which could lead to headaches, um, So, so any any stuckness in the tissue, and I know today we're going to speak a little bit more about the fascia. So, anything that can potentially cause scar tissue, um, your your um, uh, surgeries, falls, car accidents, concussions, and we're going to talk a bit about emotional trauma as well. That that is where the tissue just holds the trauma, and we, and and that flow of of of. Fluid, the cerebrospinal fluid, lymph, is 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 inhibited, and this treatment literally releases that.
1: Absolutely, and I think that both Fagy and I have been, uh, uh, you know, recipients of of releasing all of it, and I, I can definitely attest to what it is that you you know you have just described. Um, I think that a lot of people don't know the don't know about the fact. That, uh, you know, a car accident when you were six years old or, you know, you fell out of a tree or you bumped yourself badly actually causes all that scar tissue and you, you walk around with it your, your, your entire life, you know, blaming it on other things until you, you, you know,
2: you realize you, that, that you can do something about it. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think, um, you, you know, I think the big thing is our bodies, is our scorecard. And that shouldn't stop us from doing things. I know I had a patient the other day say to me, I've got a little nine year old boy and they said, I bet your child won't play rugby. And I said, actually he will. And they were very surprised. And I said, you know, we can't wrap ourselves up in, in cotton wool, but I think it's just important to know that when these things do happen, that, um, you know, there are therapies that can help you release, release that trauma if it's held. Um, yes and absolutely you know um the, the impact you know energy doesn't just disappear it has to sit somewhere and then the body starts compensating around whether it was an old whiplash or you know fall out of a tree or or fall of a horse and then you get these compensations that over time start giving you other pains mm. um which as you say are not linked to that original injury and and the beauty of this treatment is that it can show you, wait a minute, there's more going on here. We're just focusing on on um the lower back pain, but you know, what happened? What happened previously, is there something else that's feeding into this pain? So
0: but like, I mean, is it, is it ever too late to have that kind of treatment? Like, if I had a, an injury when I was six years old, would it then be too late at this stage in my life to be to have that kind of treatment, or would it still help? Definitely, still helps. You know, Faggy, I, I'm constantly humbled
2: by it because I, you know, I might see someone in their 80s or 70s, and, you know, when you are in the history, you think. Right this is this is going to take me a while <laughs> you know when mm-hmm. you when you realize that it could have been a birth trauma and this person is in their 70s but the wonderful thing about the body is that it 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 you know um, when it feels safe and when it feels like it 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 can actually find another path um it's amazing how Things don't have to be perfect again. All we need to do is get movement going. We just need to take pressure maybe off the joint, you know, the joint that's constantly fighting scar tissue and then because it feels unstable, maybe forming osteoarthritis. If we just change dynamics slightly and maybe add a few exercises and strengthen here and, and, um, change things slightly, it can make a huge difference to pain. So it's actually never too late, Fabie.
1: You're listening to FM with me, Adel Kozlowski, and my co-host, Fabie Stern. We're talking to Charmaine Barr about craniosacral therapy, and we're going to get a little bit more deeper into it by discussing fascia. I didn't know what fascia was until... I met Charmaine, even though I've had a lot of uh, craniosacral therapy. Um, If you'd like to join the conversation, it's 34519. That's our SMS number, 061-895-1019, our telegram number.
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosinski and Fagy Stern.
1: Welcome back. We're speaking to Charmaine Barr, a craniosacral therapist as well as a uh, physiotherapist, and we're discussing the fact that our bodies actually hold on to, to to traumas and to all sorts of things, both physically and emotionally, I think we can call it, maybe even a little bit spiritually. And one of the, the ideas between craniosacral, and this is really where we'd like to go today, is to discuss the concept of fascia. So, Charmaine, give our listeners uh, an explanation. What is the fascia?
2: Yes, Adel. Oh, what an interesting subject. So, um I'm just going to track, you know, back to when I was at varsity and when we did anatomy. Um, I remember so well this funny, white, sinewy, grisly stuff just being discarded, as though it really was just not important. It was put on the side and... We needed to see the nerve and the, you know, the muscle and the bone and the, and the ligaments and everything. And it's so interesting. I remember thinking at the back of my mind, I wonder if that's at all important. And of course, what we realize today and we realize more and more because the research is, is ongoing is how important this fascia actually is. And when people ask me, what is it? You know, it's that. Gristle that I know in a piece of fillet, you see it really, really clearly that, that white, almost shiny gristle that you see there. And, um, it's really, it's found absolutely everywhere. So it's, it's a, it's connective tissue. Um, and it's mostly water. It's 70% water and it consists of little cells called fibroblasts. And it's interesting that it, it makes up 20% of our body weight. Fascia. Wow. Um, yes, it's quite I was surprised at that myself. And when you think about fascia, it's like it's like the cling wrap. You know, when you go to your 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 supermarket and you never think about the cling wrap that surrounds your meat or whatever, but you know it's there but you never think about it. And this is the thing with fascia. It's it's actually um, it, it hangs off the nervous system. In fact, some people reckon it's part of the nervous system because it actually goes into the meninges of of the brain, and it has these fingers that extend everywhere. And if you think of a piece of meat, you know that white gristle is inside as well as around the meat. Um, and the fascia is literally... Everywhere it, it, it's 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 like an invisible. It's not really invisible, but it it cloaks our body, and then it's inside the body. And the interesting thing about fascia is that it's um it it also has a has a nerve provision that the 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 sympathetic nervous system, and we know how important that is in any emotional or, or our autonomic nervous system, which I'll go into a bit more detail in a moment. It's um. You know, it's very rich in autonomic, in, in sympathetic nerves. And because it's everywhere, it, it, um, it gets affected so dramatically, specifically with emotional trauma. But you can just imagine surgeries, um, where they cut through this fascia. Um, and, you know, I see a lot of, um, patients that have had extensive surgeries you know these days that there's a lot of um, laparoscopies and you know the surgery incisions are much smaller but you see incredible scar tissue and when you go this fascia consists of different layers and when you cut through that layer it gets sticky and these layers as I say it's 70 percent water and these layers of fascia need to actually glide and when the fascia gets tight, it has a huge effect on really everything. You can imagine what's going to happen to the contraction of your muscle. You know, when so when the fascia... so for example, if the fascia, if the fascia get tight, then that's going to give you the muscle spasm. Yes, but more than that, it's going to change how the muscle actually contracts. And it's also going to change, you know, if, if you think about a, a dress, maybe this is an easy way to expand. If you think about a dress that you're sewing and, um, you maybe catch a bit too much of the fabric, that whole dress, that hem is not going to hang properly. Mm. And it impacts on, on absolutely everywhere. I often say to people, um, it's like putting on a, a blazer or a jacket that's two sizes too small doing up the buttons, and expecting that your your arm movement and everything's going to be fantastic. It's not. It affects all kinds of, you know, it infects the entire body. And, in fact, in Germany, they've done a lot of research where they've actually used ultrasound where they can see the fascia and then they're doing movements in other parts of the body. And they can see how the fascia is affected Everywhere, when there's a restriction, it doesn't matter where it is. It can be your ankle, it can affect your shoulder. So, it's it's um it's like the entire body's in cling wrap, and you pinch the cling wrap. And, and we all know how irritating it is when our, when you're putting cling wrap over salad and your kid pinches it somewhere. It's, mm. You know, it, it affects the, that entire that entire area. So, does 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 craniosacral mm.
1: therapy move Fascia. Is that, is that, is that the
2: fundamental idea behind it? Very good question, Adel. So craniosacral therapy affects the fascia. So we are strictly speaking moving the cerebrospinal fluid. And as we now know that we used to believe it's a completely closed system, we now know that there's fluid that is also found in the peripheral nerve. So we moving fluid. So any movement Is going to cause movement of the fascia. Now there is another technique which we haven't really spoken about. It's called um visceral mobilisation, which is which I also do, and there are a number of practitioners in South Africa. And this work is amazing because it's it's not dissimilar to cranio. And in this work, we actually mobilise the fascia and we mobilise. The viscera, because in, in your abdominal area, um, there's a lot of fascia because these organs need to be kept in position. Um, and there's enormous fascia and it divides the areas into compartments. So we can, through very gentle techniques, um, we can actually cause movement, um, to this fascia. It, it, your techniques are slightly different because it's not During normal massage, normal massage will also mobilize
0: fascia. Let me
2: be clear. Mm, And that's mm. also why your um, massage is so beneficial. You know, whether it's done by a physio or a massage therapist, extremely beneficial. Um, I think where cranio and the visceral work comes in is the deeper fascia. Right, so so that's
1: that's really, like, what I found fascinating about craniosacral, I, I was introduced to it when, um, about 13, 14 years ago, I had a terrible uh, break on my leg, and I had to be rehabilitated physically, you know, to, to get walking again, and I went to a specific uh, physio, and at the end she started doing this, what seemed to me in the beginning like heebie-jeebie, she was, like, doing this craniosacral stuff. It brought up so much emotion for me like my body reacted pretty badly initially I I would get exceedingly cold every single time that she did it so much so that it was 28 degrees outside and she would have to warm warm up her beanie bag and put a blanket on me and I kept on saying what are you doing you know like you're trying to fix my leg and then you're I don't know doing like this gentle movement at the top of my head I don't know what you're doing And, and and she introduced it to me and I at the end it was a lot of emotion around trauma uh, it was pretty traumatic when i broke my leg but it brought out other trauma in 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 an operating theater and that coldness that i was feeling i eventually came to recognize was from the coldness in an operating theater now how how does one explain that this cling wrap around us actually
2: holds emotion yeah Ooh, such a good question. So as I say, you know, this work is ongoing. Um, you know, and we, we're learning more and more about it. And in between these layers, you know, when I when you kind of I don't want to say dumb it down at all, but when you get to basics, it's like this this tissue is is almost like phyllo pastry in a way. It's these layers. Mm-hmm. Um mostly water again, and you have these sensory cells, and they are now saying that it's possible that some people have more sensory cells than others, which in itself is interesting because we we also understanding more about the um the HSPs, highly sensitive people, um, that are just more sensitive to be it loud noises or um, um bright lights or whatever. You know, they are just more. And, and possibly more susceptible to chronic pain. That's that's a great possibility in fibromyalgia. But um so the body is like a scorecard. And when we have emotional trauma, now the interesting thing is that the fascia seems to respond, you know, you'd think, well obviously surgery, you're cutting through the fascia, that is an extreme um um uh, what shall we say? Um, assault to the fascia, which it is. But emotional trauma seems to affect it even more. And it, it, those layers pull together and they actually get really, really sticky and dry. So, um, it, 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 it seems to, um, and we don't fully understand why yet, but the emotional trauma seems to affect the fascia even more. And I don't know if anybody out there has ever had an incredible shock or lost somebody and felt their body to be uncomfortable. It's an interesting feeling. It almost feels like you cannot get comfortable. It's got nothing to do with pain. That is that fascial system literally tightening up on you. Um, And so, so Adel, yes, the rest of your question Mm. is that in the limbic center in the brain, which is our emotional, our emotional centre. Um, you know, we need to realise that pain. I might just go into this, but it, pain is an emotion. And I know that sounds very odd because people always say, "No, it's not. It's very physical. If I stand on a thorn, it's sore. There's no emotion involved." That is not true, because your brain always decides how much pain to give you. Always. So pain is an out output sensation. The input is obviously there. So if you stand on a thorn, so I, I, use this analogy because, you know, even, even the subject of pain we, we, is very topical and we, we're learning more and more about actual pain. Um, you know, if you were walking around in the dark, for example, and you've got small children and they love Lego and you stand on a piece of Lego, um, and you don't want to put the light on because you're going to wake everybody up and you're a mom and you're doing a thousand things at, 11 o'clock at night, and you hop around on one leg, and you maybe say a few choice words, but you're pretty (laughs) sure it's Lego, and you're okay with that, (laughs) you know what I mean? And you, you haven't seen what it is, you're pretty sure it's Lego, you go to bed, you wake up the next morning, and you've forgotten about the incident. You've forgotten about it. Now, imagine you don't have small children, and you've just spent time in... Um, I don't know, central Africa for argument's sake and there are a lot of snakes and you stand on that piece of Lego and the first thought, so the injury to the tissue there is the same. It's a piece of Lego, but the brain is going to go through all its memories of incidences because remember the body is only interested in survival. That, that's the prime, you know, the body is all about survival and it'll go through that and say, what if it's a snake? This could be a snake. And you wake up the next morning, you probably haven't slept very well, and the response to that same incident is going to be very different. So
1: you kind of like build one emotion after another. And I mean, I think that's what happened when when I broke my leg. In and of itself, it was was traumatic. Yeah. <clears throat> But in doing the craniosacral, trying to just relax my body and get my body to, like, realign itself from from the broken leg, it brought up a whole lot of other trauma, you know, that, that I had experienced in an operating theater.
2: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And it's interesting, you know, our senses, you know, when we were were cavemen and women, um, our, we relied on our senses for survival. They were Mm. extremely important, you know, because your your sense of smell is your most important sense. It's very interesting. So babies, when they're born, if they do not smell their mother, there's a massive issue with bonding. And also, they say later, with fertility in certain animals, um, they might be infertile if they haven't made that connection, which is very interesting. I'm not sure, I'm not too sure about humans in that respect, but we now know, and I mean, it's now common practice in all, in all hospitals, whether you have a seizure or natural birth, immediate skin to skin kangaroo care. It's incredible because they realize that sense of smell. So yes, your sense of smell, your sense, you know, your hearing, your, your taste, you know, when we were, um, um, we had to know is something bad for us. Let's leave it alone. So it's interesting in our world today how our senses are kind of dumbed down and dulled, aren't they? Um you know, we're surrounded by smells and perfumes and deodorants, which don't get me wrong, we probably I prefer, but <laughs> that, you know, our our sense of smell um is probably not as acute and also you know there's sounds, there's things are very seldom Quiet. Um, you know, so so those senses are affected. Um and um it's interesting how that when when you when you have a trauma, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will agree, that they link a smell or a taste or something to it, and that then is is stored in the limbic centre. And when you know, as with you, when you had your 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 cranium, mm. that sensation was brought up again. You know, even made, it, oh. it absolutely, and I think it's not only with
1: smell. As you're talking, it's also with sight. I mean, I slipped down a, a sandy embankment. So every time, even if I arrived at somebody's house and I had to walk, you know, outside in their in, in their garden, and I saw stones or something. It immediately elicited in me a a fear response that I'm going to fall again, even though logically you're not you're not falling at all this you know the place is straight it's flat you know you can, you can manage to transverse it and it, it took a long time to to disassociate to like switch
0: that association off you know Adel, i think the beauty of the holistic therapy is that it can actually find the root cause of the problem and fix mm-hmm. the problem so it's not like you're f- like just physically working in one area you're actually finding the, the cause Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Faye and Adel, I couldn't agree with you more. Um,
2: And also when we, you know, that apprehension. So this is quite interesting, you know, when we use exercise as a treatment because with chronic pain, Exercise is so important. Movement is extremely important, because um, you know if you just look at the fascia again, and obviously the muscle, but the fascia needs to glide. So the moment you exerting any kind of force on it, and then you change the force, like with you know any kind of movement, it almost is like a sponge that sucks up again. You know that sucks up you you creating movement, fluid within that, and and um that's important so the problem that might arise is that you get apprehension and we see this a lot in in patients you know you tell them whatever the case is chronic back pain which is the most common thing you'll say please i need you to go and exercise and we we want to be fit yesterday so we totally overdo it and then the brain will will actually almost Give us the pain to protect itself. It's like, oh my word, Adel, what are you doing? You Mm -hmm. know what happened the last time you went down a a, a slope like that? What Mm. what are you thinking? (laughs) You know, so that apprehension, um, which is totally protective. And as I say, the body is always about survival. It tries to protect you. So all of us, whether you're physio or bio or, you know, we have to work with that. Apprehension in the patient. So you've got to get them moving, get the glide, get all the endorphins and all of that. But you almost have to do less movement than you would have done, if that makes sense. You know, you have to almost, um, if you'd normally do, I don't know, walk, do 10 Ks, um, you know, and you're a runner, then you normally, then you actually have to go back to basics and, and just gently get the brain used to, you know what? This is going to be okay. We're gonna do little bits. You don't have to give me pain. We've got this. We're talking to
1: Charmaine Barr, a craniosacral specialist and a physio, and somebody who has actually a very deep insight into the human condition. If you'd like to join the conversation, three four five one nine or O six one eight nine five one oh one nine. We are going for a little bit of a break and we'll be back shortly.
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adel Kasilski and Fagie Stern.
1: And if you'd like to join the WhatsApp group that Fahy and I administer, we do not uh, hound you day in, day out. We just drop a little thought every single day on how to live a better, wholesome, holistic life. You may send your name and your number to info at highfm.com they'll pass it on to us, and we will gladly join you onto our WhatsApp group, which not only runs and puts on the podcast here at GaiFem, which you can get directly off their website or from our WhatsApp group, as long as well as other practitioners that uh, Feghi and I are fond of that looks at us as complete humans, you know, wholesome. Our body and all its organs are interrelated, and I think that the way medicine um is moving now is actually recognizing that that we're a sum of many parts and not just, you know, that part or that part. But talking about parts, one of the things that a lot of people suffer from Charmaine is plantar fasciitis. Mm, so,
0: yes, you want to, yes.
1: Tell us about that.
2: And having had it myself, I'm 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 very, very sympathetic. <laughs> so, okay. Um yes, it it's it, Plantar fasciitis is really interesting because when and, and as you can tell, fasciitis. So fascia. fascia, so when you actually look at a you know at a picture of the foot anatomy um rendition, you can actually see the white fascia that goes into the tendons. And when you think about it, that is the most peripheral part, isn't it? You know, the feet and obviously the hands, but the but your 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 sole of your foot is the furthest away from the brain. So um, the, the whenever there's an issue, remember we spoke about the tight um you can almost you could you could compare the fascia to a jumpsuit. And when something is tight, where are we going to feel it the most? So when you look at plantar fascia there could be um, a number of issues, but the most common issue is that there's a there's a there's a scarring there's there's tightness it could be due to bad posture usually um um an injury where where the fascia has tightened again and now it's pulling and where are you going to feel it most usually at the end you know that the last the last train and the the last station and and, and on the um on the line type of thing mm. so You can't, you can't just focus on the foot. I don't say that you shouldn't focus on the foot, but you've got to look further and you've got to get a good history of previous injuries because you might find that that hamstring tear, that repetitive hamstring tear that's healed with scarring is actually pulling all that fascia that's completely connected. Remember it, 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 that fascia hangs off the nervous system and goes everywhere and now we get in this pull and it's translating into pain in
0: the fascia so and could someone heal much quicker than by by you treating it in the area that needs treating if you keep on going to a physiotherapist that's going to keep on treating the actual heel or the plantar fasciitis could that take much longer to heal it, it could definitely take longer to heal because if the, you know if if the actual um you know if
2: the tightness is not in the foot but the symptoms are there it's not really going to heal, is it? You know, um, you, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, another thing that can cause plantar fasciitis is, is your, your um, alignment in your in your pelvis. So as soon as there's an alignment issue, which we often get from falls that affect the coccyx or your your pelvis, that can then affect one foot more than the other. So um you'll get you'll get a rotational issue happening at the pelvis and suddenly that tissue um that's at the bottom of the foot is bearing weight differently. Okay. Um so you know you I think with 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 these things you always have to look a little bit wider. You've got to look a little bit further if you're not getting results, you know, as a therapist. Um and Again, movement is very important with, with plantar fasciitis, but then they'll say that the more I walk, the more painful it gets. Yes, because you're straining that tissue. you get actually getting, you know, that's what it is. It's little micro tears within that, that matrix because there's something that's too tight higher up. Um, you know, so, um, it's, it's, I often say to my patients, it's like, Um, a, a, um, a hose pipe and you've, you've switched it on, but there's, there's actually a, um, a knot somewhere along the line or somebody's standing on it and you can't understand what is happening to this flow of water, you know, and, and you're pulling this poor hose pipe, but it's actually stuck somewhere else, you know, and you're going to pull it off, off the tap eventually. (laughs) So. You know that's the concept of that, Fage. So, yes, so one has to look at plantar fasciitis in in a maybe just in a in a more holistic way and just think, is it just the foot that's the problem? Just
1: I mean I guess this this, this concept you're speaking about is not only really about plant plantar fasciitis. It's about absolutely everything. If I could just bring another spin because time is running running away with us. You know now with COVID. And and so many people just speaking about chronic pain, you know, um, not taking away this long-haul COVID and, the, 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 the you know, how terrible you feel. You know, I'm sure there's a, a huge emotional, um, like, attachment to it in terms of fear, anxiety, you know. Um, like, I've watched family members get COVID, and I've seen the emotional response to it, which I, I, I feel, you know, exacerbated. The, the, condition, um, you know, I, I, know somebody else now who's, who's, whose relative is, is ill and they're walking around with a tight chest. They've, they've tested themselves 15 times. They do not have COVID, but there's that association and suddenly, you know,
2: your whole, uh, your whole body like Kong Sen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Adel, and it's so interesting because we know, so, so, so um, we know that the fascia is very, very susceptible to emotions. And the biggest problem with this lockdown and this, 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 um, the, the, the space that we're inhabiting at the moment because of COVID is fear. You know, that's mm. our, so fear changes us chemically, which is really interesting because we know that we, you know, we basically, we are our thoughts, aren't we? You know, we, we, um, We choose how we react to things. If we react to things in fear, and it's very difficult not to because of everything going on and people close to us passing away and getting really ill, um, that fear just affects our immune systems firstly. We know that for sure. But it also creates this tightness in the system because fear is quite paralyzing, isn't it? And on a Mm. physical level, um, this fascia... Almost tightens up, and there's less movement. And also, we we working at home, most of us. We um, doing Zoom meetings, one one after the other. You're not moving like you used to. You're not getting up. You're not getting working, chatting to a colleague. You you know what I mean? So our postures aren't great. We often sitting, and maybe not so much now. But in the early days, I know I had an awful lot of patients that were sitting at the dining room table. You know, so that posture was shocking for the fascia. We weren't getting enough exercise. We weren't moving enough. And, um, and that whole, um, chemical change in the body, um, has also affected pain, as you say. And, and the lungs are very, very interesting. I think we need to do a lot more research, um, in the lungs because the lung tissue, Obviously, we know there's the pleura, and we've got the diaphragm that has an enormous amount of fascia, and we have um, the thoracic outlet, which is just above your collar, or just either your collarbones, and in between that we have the lungs. And we know what happens when we fearful. We actually, we actually hold our breath. Stop breathing. Do I know that? Yes, I do
1: know that. Um, <laughs> guilt, guilty as charged. We're going for a bit of an ad break. We've got a couple of minutes left. If you'd like to ask a question, 34519 or 61 1, 1,
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adel Kasilski and Feige Stern.
1: As I always say, you know, when you're having fun, time flies. Just to answer one or two things, we've got quite a few queries. Um, please, can you repeat the WhatsApp group number, Adel? Uh, Marion, it's, you just need to send an email to info at chaifm.com with your name and your number and we will gladly join you on to our WhatsApp group, um, and there's many people, Charmaine, that are looking for you now. Remember that me and <laughs> Faggy do get
0: reference. Let's just put it out there publicly. We have our weekly slot. Don't worry, Adol. <laughs> you
1: know, we should watch out who's speaking to her if like their names before ours, Faye, I think. Charmaine, how can people get hold of you and and make
2: an appointment? Um Okay, so I will give you my, my, um, email address, but I'd also like people to, you know, go onto the, the cranial site. So, and maybe find someone in their area. Um, mm. but I'm very happy for them to email me on, um, charm, C-H-A-R-M for mother B at absamale.co.za if they have any queries and I can maybe direct them um they can also go on to the cranial site so that's www.cranialc r a n i a l.org org.za um i can give you all of these for your for your whatsapp group mm. and then also Adel, um the other thing i spoke about the other site is the upledger institute that's u p l e d g e r Institute and then the facile and visceral work I spoke about today is the Burrell Institute. It's almost like my surname B-A-R-R A-L Burrell Institute dot Z A. So those are I can also send that to you. Um, and they can have a look there and see if they can be helped. Um, at, you know and see see if we can direct them. Um yeah. Great. Right. Well, Sh- Sharon
1: says, thank you. This conversation has been so fascinating. It has indeed. And if I recall, as as I was listening to you, I remember there was a, a lady, Fage, I can't remember if she said it on the WhatsApp group or whatever, heard, heard Charmaine on the radio seven months ago. She said she was almost going for an MRI. She lived with a chronic headache. Um, and um, she landed up at a craniosacral, uh a therapist. It wasn't Charmaine particularly, but because of Charmaine, um, she got one in her area. And in a couple of sessions, her headaches that she had walked around with for years to the point where she she really thought the worst of what was going on in her head actually disappeared. So as always, Charmaine, it's an absolute fascination and a delight uh, to speak to you, the way you explain things, the way you, you know, you show how we are, in fact, as a human body, everything is interconnected. And really, this is where medicine needs to go and is going in terms of functional medicine. When you, you sit in front of a doctor, they don't just, you know, treat your heel because it's sore, <laughs> but looks at absolutely everything else or your finger or anything else. Thank you so, so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. And, uh, for those who again want to join our WhatsApp group, you send an email to info at com with your name and your number. Of course, you have to have WhatsApp and we will gladly
2: change you. Thank you again, Charmaine. Wonderful. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity. And, um, yes, Adel, thank you. And, and I just want to, you know, maybe just end off with a fascia. So obviously the treatments I mentioned, but you know what? Just lots of movement, lots of, Good breathing, posture, laughter is amazing. Just get moving, lots of water, um, you know, and I think just keep perspective. We, you know, just just try and move away from that fear and be kind to yourself.
1: Amen to that. Thank you, Peggy, for
2: joining (laughs) us. Thank you so much, all. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great week ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.